Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Welcome to the Talking Biotech Podcast. It's the weekly podcast about agriculture and medicine with an emphasis on biotechnology and the good things we can do for people and the planet. My name is Kevin Folta. I'm a scientist, podcast host, professor, and I'm very interested in making sure you understand the current issues in science. Now, one of the current issues is mosquito-borne illness and some of the strategies that are being used to mitigate it. Mosquitoes kill more people on this planet than any other organism. Um, people worry about shark attacks, but mosquitoes kill in the millions. And there's been new and exciting strategies to mitigate mosquito populations and help keep them under control. We've covered them previously on the podcast. And one of the companies in the spotlight is Oxitec, and they've done beautiful work in the past uh, and continue to do work with designing mosquitoes that limit the size of mosquito populations, meaning you introduce the first ones and they take down the populations of the rest. So today we're speaking with Meredith Fenson. She's the head of global public affairs for Oxitec. Welcome to the podcast, Meredith. Thank you for the invitation, Kevin. Yeah, it's really timely, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I had a number of people request you, and uh, they really wanted to hear more about what was happening at the Keys. So I really wanted to provide a good, solid piece of uh, information that folks in the Keys could listen to to better understand how this works and and what the role of these mosquitoes really is. So from your perspective, what is currently the problem in Florida, and what role do mosquitoes have in transmissible disease? problem in Florida is one of geography. Florida is the tip of the spear for mosquito-borne illnesses coming into the United States. And the role that mosquitoes have in transmissible disease is a big one. Mosquitoes are the world's deadliest animal by far. And just to use an example, the Aedes aegypti mosquito which is the one that we've worked with the most to date, it spreads dengue, yellow fever, Zika, chikungunya, and and a host of other illnesses. And in Florida, we certainly have had Zika. Um, I understand we've had some chikungunya, and now I think we're seeing dengue? That's right. There is an outbreak of dengue in and around Key Largo. Okay, so that's kind of the entryway to the Keys. So as people don't know the Keys, you go off the end of the tip of Florida and then keep driving for three hours. And it's of islands that are laced together by bridges. And uh, we actually ran that from Miami to Key West. It was 200 miles. It's a really beautiful place, really interesting place, but a very narrow strip of uh, space that if you had a mosquito-borne illness, you could conceivably understand how it could spread very quickly from point A to point B. So I guess that's my big concern. 
Um, what is the current method that they're using to control mosquitoes in the Keys? Various methods are being used right now to control mosquitoes in the Keys, but the challenge is the traditional tools are failing. Uh, most mosquitoes and other insects have developed resistance to the insecticides that are, are used. So the chemicals are being sprayed, but the, the mosquitoes, um, many of them are surviving. But what about the ecology of the keys? I mean, this is kind of a fragile ecosystem. And does it make sense to be spraying insecticides if you have alternative methods? It, it, it is a unique environment. And I think part of the, the interest in the Florida Keys approaching OxyTech 10 years ago um, was, was to protect that fragile ecosystem while at the same time um, providing effective control of these disease-spreading mosquitoes. Yeah, I really wanted to give people or the listener an appreciation of what the Keys are because there are unique deer, there are unique birds, there's uh, insects that are really unique to the keys or at least subspecies or variants that are keys only, you know, that are key specific. The more you can limit insecticide use, the better. And even though these things can be used safely within limits to control mosquitoes, why would we have it at all if we had a good alternative? And, and that's really how I wanted to frame this today. Could you give us a little bit of a hint on what those other alternatives might be, and maybe just a touch on sterile insect technique. What is that? Well, to use the example of, of our technology, we are using the mosquitoes against themselves. We release our male mosquitoes. Male mosquitoes do not bite. You've never been bitten by a male mosquito. And our male mosquitoes non-biting male mosquitoes carry a self-limiting gene. And when they mate with the wild females, no female offspring survive. So we achieve a reduction in the mosquito population that way without harming beneficial insects like bees or butterflies. And it really is an extension of a really old technique. I mean, they've been doing this for probably 50 years, right? Like a sterile insect technique? That's right. It's been it's been used in in other um, insects as as well. Um, I mean, I know I know that some of the radiation methods have not been as successful with with mosquitoes. It's been tried, um, and the OxyTech approach is 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 different. It's it's more precise. Yeah, just so just to give the listener a little perspective, sterile insect technique with radiation was when you would just subject lots of mosquito larvae to damaging radiation where it would mess up their DNA enough where the next generation was infertile. Yet the males would go occupy females and females would occupy males and you would essentially dilute out all of the reproductively capable mosquitoes with these sterile uh, radiation-damaged insects. And it worked. And the OxyTech method's a little different that they have a uh, male that has a gene that in the laboratory you can turn off. It's a lethal gene. You turn it off in the laboratory as a larvae, and then when they hatch and go out as, as adult males, they're fine. But yet they pass that gene on. And so the next generation is automatically not happening, right? It, it limits in that way. 
That's right. And the second generation of this technology is even better because it's only the female offspring that do not survive. It's a really nice technology because it, it doesn't drive the population to zero. It just drives it low. So it doesn't ultimately change things completely. It just stops an imminent threat during a disease outbreak. And could, could you tell me a little bit about how this has performed in its general trials all over, you know, around the world? We've done releases of the Oxytet mosquitoes throughout the world, and we've been releasing our mosquitoes in Brazil for about a decade. In Brazil, we've, we've um, continuously achieved suppression levels of 80% or better. And in some of our more recent pilot projects, we had suppression levels of about 95% in just a number of weeks. It's, it's really amazing how fast it works and how well it works. But what about the natural ecosystems around? I mean, there's a lot of bats and, you know, purple martins and all these other birds that like mosquitoes as a part of their diet. So how much does knocking down a population in a big way affect those natural resources? A mosquito like the Aedes aegypti in Florida is an invasive species. So if you remove it from the environment, you are returning the environment to its natural state. And there shouldn't be animals that depend on it. Um, the recent approval that we received from the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District Board of Commissioners comes after the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and seven state of Florida government agencies approved our permit. And this followed exhaustive regulatory assessments that included more than 70 scientific and technical documents, over 4,000 pages of material, and more than 20 commissioned scientific studies. And they all found that Oxytex technology poses no risk to humans, animals, or the environment, including endangered species. Wow, that's really important. And, and I don't think that the public understands that when they read the articles on the internet. Well, I'm really glad we clarified that. And we'll come back on the other side of the break and talk about what currently is happening in Florida and how they'll be released. We're talking with Meredith Fensum. She's the head of global public affairs for Oxitech. And we'll be back with the Talking Biotech podcast in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Kevin Fulta, and I have something that I need you to do. We have an opportunity to solve a major ecological problem. The American chestnut used to dominate forests of the eastern U.S., comprising something like 25% of all standing timber. In 1904, a parasitic fungus entered the country and eventually all but destroyed this iconic tree species there is a solution using genetic engineering. Dr. Bill Powell and his lab developed an American chestnut tree that expresses a gene that helps to combat the fungus. You might have heard about this back in Talking Biotech number 10. His goal is to start to restore the natural ecology of the Appalachians, and he submitted a petition of non-regulated status for the genetically engineered trees. Now what that means is, 
the trees could be planted outside without a lot of onerous regulation, allowing this perfectly natural gene to be back in the ecosystem, defeating a fungus. But we need your help. Right now, there's a public comment period that regulators take very seriously. So please visit regulations.gov and search with the term chestnut. You'll find the petition. Read the instructions and write a thoughtful response on your feelings about restoring the ecology and the dominance of this keystone for a species. Dr. Powell's group has done the hard work, and we know the tree is resistant and we know it's safe. Now we need your help to ensure its deployment and another success of biotechnology. And now we're back on the Talking Biotech podcast. We're speaking with Meredith Fensom from Oxitech, and we're talking about the impending release of mosquitoes in Florida, genetically engineered mosquitoes that are made to be self-limiting, meaning that once they mate, they don't produce viable offspring. And we're talking about some of the pros and cons, risks and benefits, and what exactly is going to happen in Florida very soon. So, you know, the thing I keep reading is these staggering numbers and people keep uh, sharing these on my feed and, and on Twitter, like Fulta, hey, they're going to let go, you know, a jillion mosquitoes. The, the number was something like 750 million, which seems like a lot of mosquitoes. But could you give me a little perspective on what the scope of this release realistically entails? Sure. The EPA has given a maximum release number, which is what the 750 million mosquitoes refers to. In reality, the number released will be far lower and will be based on the number of wild Aedes aegypti mosquitoes found in the release areas. Cool. So you kind of calibrate it to the pest itself. Exactly. Yeah. So so this is, is the... The feeling you get from the press and from the opponents of this technology is that this is just a big wrecking ball that you're just going to release everything. It's going to go everywhere. But if you go into an area and can estimate a population, then you know exactly how many you need to release to control it. Is, is, do I have that right? That's right. In reality, our technology is very precise. Okay. So you recently received approval from the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District. It seems like that's been in the works for a long time. Can you tell me a little bit about how long it took to get that approval? Sure. The interesting thing is Oxitec was originally invited to the Florida Keys by the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District about a decade ago. And this was following a dengue outbreak, mostly centered around Key West, that was difficult to control. I believe all of the members of the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District Board have, have changed since then, but we came to the Florida Keys on their invitation. And after about a decade, once we had all of our regulatory approvals in place, their, their board approved our project. And what were some of the other regulatory hurdles? You talked about the EPA and other organizations you had to get regulatory approval from. Who are they? Oxitec solutions are very innovative, 
And sometimes regulatory agencies don't know how they should treat technologies that they have not seen before. Uh, our technology was originally submitted to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And after a year or two, they uh, issued either a finding or letter of no jurisdiction. We were then with the FDA, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, being regulated as an animal drug. Um, I believe that was for about six or seven years, including during part of the Zika outbreak in the United States. And the FDA then transferred our jurisdiction to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, so the EPA. And we received approval from the U.S. EPA this May. And after that, we received uh, authorization from FDACs in Florida, the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. And that authorization included approvals from step seven state of Florida agencies, including Department of Health, uh, Department of Environmental Protection, and others. And I think that's really how it should go. When you look at this carefully, scientifically, it really is a no-brainer. It really is something that seems so simple. But, you know, we have this issue of people live in the Keys. And if it's like any other topic in this country, you probably have 48% that love it and 48% who hate it and 4% that just don't know. And it's probably a lot higher on that don't know number. But what has been the local response to the OxyTech technology? Well, in 2016, there was a referendum in the Florida Keys about our project. And in that referendum, 31 out of 33 Monroe County precincts supported the, the project. So, so there's a lot of support for the project in the Florida Keys. Really? See, now that, that really seems surprising to me based on how I know people are. <laughs> so by having a um, very positive response in the Florida Keys, does it mean that you had uh, good communications up front to kind of uh, fill them in on what this is and what this isn't? Well, we'd, we'd, like to, we'd like to think so. That has certainly been our intent. And OxyTech is U.S.-owned, but is still U.K.-based. OxyTech is a, is a spin-out from Oxford University. Um, and believe it or not, OxyTech spun out of Oxford almost 20 years ago. Um, but yes, you know, despite having most of OxyTech's team members in the United Kingdom in the early days, there was a fairly constant presence of, of members of the OxyTech team in the Florida Keys throughout the last decade. And I mean, I spent a lot of time there in person until COVID hit. And now we've had to adjust our strategy. And one of the things that, that we did leading up to the recent vote of the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District Board of Commissioners was host a five series public educational webinar with, with the Florida Keys Mosquito Control District. And every week we were online presenting information and giving residents an opportunity to 
to ask questions and have their questions answered. And we've made all of those recordings available on our website, on our YouTube channel, and we've published um, fact sheets after the events that include a summary of what was discussed and all of the questions asked, our answers provided, and links to external resources. Um, so we're doing things like that. We're very active on social media. We go on the radio in the Keys. Um, we, we use the print media in the Keys. Sometimes we are interviewed for articles. Sometimes we, we, we place advertisements to let the public know about different webinars and other informational opportunities that we're offering. That's really good because that's what, what the big companies didn't do back in the 1990s when they were releasing genetically engineered corn and cotton. Um, and so we've learned something maybe over the years, but the enemies of this technology, or I should say the critics, I guess they really are enemies of technology because it's like the center of food safety. These aren't food. <laughs> no one's going to eat the mosquitoes. Yet this same group of folks, and it's and I, you know, we, we know them by name, they are the ones who are most vocal about the release and most critical of the release. And they're using the same arguments that they used against crops 20 years ago that never panned out. And how do you combat that kind of rhetoric, which seems to be the cornerstone of so many social media campaigns? Groups that are saying those things are, are not basing their assertions on, on science. Oxytech has carried out a decade of mosquito releases without a single adverse effect. And this has been documented by regulators and independent scientists worldwide. Yeah, I know that. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm with you, but it just seems like the way that you got to beat these people is by saying, you know, you're in this to solve a problem of human disease transmission. You know, and, and, and you got a tool that does it. And, you know, all the details in the world are never going to shift their, their mind. But the fact that you're in this for the right reason, you know, and, and this is why this kind of thing drives me crazy. They're over here screaming Jurassic Park, where really what you're, what you're doing is providing a means to limit the vector of human disease and eliminate insecticide or severely decrease insecticide use. This has all the positive trappings upon it. And it, it's, it's all there in my brain anyway. One of the other criticisms has been, and, and I read this on an article today, is that uh, it said the article seriously said scientists, and I'm putting air quotes on that, have raised major concerns about hybrids between Oxytech mosquito and native species, making some ultra resistant super mosquito. <laughs> you know, this is the stuff from like the Gamera movies. How is that not likely to happen? So some of the background genes of the Oxytag male mosquito are expected to persist in the wild population for a very short period of time after the end of the releases. But according to the federal and state regulators and independent scientists at the CDC, these background genes are not expected to make the wild mosquito population any different in terms of fitness or ability to transmit diseases and in addition are expected to, to make the wild population more susceptible to insecticides. So that's a good thing. Um, but there was a paper claiming that transfer of, of these type of background genes could make the wild mosquito population more, more dangerous. 
It has been widely discredited, and the editors of the journal which published the paper have issued an editorial expression of concern, indicating that the paper's authors made a range of inflammatory speculations and unfounded statements, which were not based on scientific facts. No, very good. And that refers to a paper that came out in scientific reports maybe about a year ago, and we actually covered on this podcast because they were claiming in the paper that there was evidence of gene flow, but you would expect that. That means that they're mating with natural populations and suppressing the populations. So I'm not sure that this was a big red flag, especially because, as you mentioned, after a few generations, those genes were gone. So if people wanted to follow this more on social media or, you know, anywhere else, where would they look? For our Florida Keys project specifically, we've set up a Florida page on our website, and that's oxytech.com forward slash Florida. And for general Oxytech information, you can see the Oxytech website. Uh, We also have channels on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And our Brazil counterparts mirror those sites in in Portuguese. Very good. And I should mention Oxytech spelled with a C, no H, because I always put an H on there and it takes me to a takes me to some other website that I don't want to talk about, but uh, O-X-I-T-E-C is the right way to, to, to do that. Exactly. Well, and, and that was an acronym, or I guess it still is for Oxford Insect Technologies. That's how it started. Well, and it also should be mentioned that, you know, you guys are not a one trick pony. It's not just the mosquitoes. You've also been making progress towards, uh, actually have released the diamondback moth and the self-limiting, uh, uh, fall armyworm, right? Are those projects moving along? So we have released both the self-limiting pink bollworm and diamondback moth in the United States. And we've released other um, self-limiting insects for agricultural crop pests in, in other countries, including the medfly. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, so if you if you... Uh, if I get a package of self-limiting fall armyworm larvae in the mail, I wouldn't be wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. We've got them really bad right now. It's another one that we've covered on the podcast, and uh, uh, certainly a, a threat to the African continent, especially um, some of the poorest areas in the world could be hit or are being hit, especially hard by fall armyworm, and it's devastating. So, look forward to your uh, developments there as well. Well, uh, Meredith, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate learning more about the mosquito release in Florida, and hopefully we've provided some answers and resources for people that live here. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kevin. And as always, thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Write reviews on iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, Show us a little love over on the Patreons. We really appreciate the support because it helps us do more with getting more listenership, which really is working. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech Podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week. The Talking Biotech Podcast reflects the personal views of Dr. Kevin Fulton and its guests. These are not the views of the University of Florida, its faculty, staff, or students. 
But after all, it is science, so they probably are. But it has to be clear that there is no university affiliation with this podcast. Which is a damn shame, but I guess that's how it goes. So feel free to share this science communication effort. Recommend guests. And support us at a few shekels over on Patreon. We invest all funds back into promotion of the podcast to widen the audience, enhance production, and expand science communication efforts in many ways. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech Podcast. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time, sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at calabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.